you'll get a notification. It got it. You. Just in case you didn't think okay. I was going to talk about this and we were just going to talk for that. So. <laughs> That's fine with me. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see if, how in the world we can make me interesting <laughs> or not. <laughs> so. I find that shocking that you think you, that you're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've been on several where, uh, well, I'll play the, the Captain Love Handles character or, right. and do art or do a creativity thing or whatever. But um, it's fun to, you know, or sit and talk about a band I'm in or something like that. It's this is cool. I did a Dennis Ball show where I, where we, the whole thing was discussing one single album by Dinosaur Jr. And that was pretty fun. So anyway. Perfect. I like that. Okay. Well, if you, if you're good to go, we shall get going. Okay. To yelling at concrete podcast. Excellent. <laughs> We're already in. We're already recording. So. <laughs> Well, uh, welcome we, to the Yelling at Concrete podcast, podcast, everybody. Here's my friend, Graham Cooling, and uh, take it away. <laughs> this is strange. I, I never actually introduced myself on my show. I just right. assume the audience knows who I am, and the guest I have knows who I am to some extent. Um, right. I mean, I guess as much as you can from receiving a random email from me maybe three months ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, how I came across it. Granted, I came across to you because you you were recommended by another person out in the show. Um, oh, really? Is... I've got a, it was it would have been Black Moth Society, I suppose. Um, it was definitely. Yeah. He, he's awesome, and he's moving over to our side of the country, apparently. Yes, come and join us on the East Coast. That's right. So you're, you're based down in Atlanta. In Atlanta, right? You've and been there entire, your entire time. Yes. Well, I was born in Noonan, Georgia, which is um, the famous birthplace of country singer Alan Jackson. <laughs> so and we were, you know, friends in high school or whatever. And so um, and went to college in South Georgia and then moved back up to Atlanta, worked with my brother in a, in a graphic design advertising company. Um, and then I worked in my own business and then I worked doing pre-press graphic design for printing company and and just doing art and all kinds of music and weird stuff on the side so and the rest is history and how it is <laughs> it is history yeah i mean that leads us to my first question which okay. should be easy to answer mm -hmm. who are you oh hi everyone my name is jazz ingram as which if you don't know is an abbreviation for the name james uh, you know, used to say, look in the phone book, and if, if someone's name is James, it'll say J-A-S, but, you know, you don't look in the phone book anymore. So, like, Chaz is Charles, Jazz is the same as James, so my name is James Ingram. There was already a singer named James Ingram, so that was taken, so, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jazz Ingram, and I go by Captain Love Handles all over, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook, YouTube, and wherever else, so that's who I am, and I, I'm... Uh, a cartoonist, an illustrator. Uh, I'm a licensed rat fink artist and also uh, play in some bands, Possum Kingdom Ramblers, which we call a nerdgrass band and do some crazy weird stuff. And also in When Ukuleles Attack, 
with my friends Kaz and Cynthia and my hero, Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla. And let me go ahead and tell you on YouTube, you can find the, the adventures of Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla movie in four parts on YouTube. And it's, it's, it's awesome. So anyway, he's a friend of mine and I'm going to band with him. So that's kind of what I do. I kind of throw things at the wall and anything creative that sticks, that's where we go. So. I like that. Attitude. You, you had the, um, the kind of moniker of every, every time I kind of scratched it, like your name to find out, you know, more information about you after being recommended you, I kept just finding more things you were doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. The initial like, oh, you know, okay, so it's Captain Love Handles and then it's, you know, licensed to do rap think and, and other things. It's like, oh, does music as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, and, and Black, Society, Black Mall Society sent me one of his, oh, he's got these new magnets, which are sculpted. Let me make sure I'm holding it the right way. Oh, looks like this. Can you see that? Wow. Yeah, so he's he put some he was going to hide on the east coast for people to find but he sent mm -hmm. me one because i was one of his og followers and and he pretty well blew up didn't he and and wound up with lots of you know i don't know if you're like me but if i if i have a uh, 100 reactions to something i put on instagram i go man 100 reactions that's a lot so yeah i get the vibe of uh everyone it's like gets 20 likes and i'm like oh 20 right likes. <laughs> right hey i think that's so hard to gauge now somebody like, like i mean you, so you've been doing you've been doing this for a while so presumably you, you you've had like audience interactions with that number of people at some point true yeah and i'm a, and, and there are groups you know through possum kingdom ramblers and through you know, I played ukulele. Ever, I started playing ukulele after I got back from a trip to Hawaii. And so there's a whole culture there and this group and that group, you know, and then you find people on Instagram. I try to find other cartoonists and, and cool artists and interesting people on Instagram. And uh, sometimes, you know, you find somebody that, that just appreciates you for what you do. You know, there are people who I've got some friends who support me, you know, five friends who will support me no matter what I do. But I've got but to find somebody who doesn't know you, who appreciates you, that's a, a valuable thing to me, you know? And then, so if you get 20 of those, that's a wonderful thing, right? I mean, the people who kind of get what you do, I think is one, maybe one of the harder things to do. <laughs> right. So you can get interactions, but having someone understand what you're making is, mm -hmm. a, is a whole new level of audience interaction. Right, right. And I appreciate that too. You know, and I seek out those people. I seek out those, you know, cartoonists and sculptors and whatever, because I, I want to find people to appreciate. And, um, you know, a lot of times people who have so many likes and they got so many followers, I, I'll tend to think this is a poor way to go about it, but I'll tend to think they don't need my like, you know, yeah. they've got already got 2000, but, you know, I, I enjoy supporting people who, whom I enjoy. I mean, that's, that's the best way to go about art, I think. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, would you say, would you say that your, your stuff's niche? I guess. Would, would you call it, would you say that it's at all lowbrow art? Uh, you know, I try, I, I do spacey stuff. I try to, you know, develop weird characters of my own. Um, gosh, I don't know. I really do. I really do things that I like, you know, and I'm not trying to 
to draw people in by, you know, that they're so, you, there are a million pictures every day put up of Wolverine or Spider-Man, you know, and, and I love Spider-Man. So I'll, maybe I'll draw him sometime, but you know, I'm not trying to, not trying to prostitute myself in that way. You know, I mean, they're a great comic artist. And I appreciate them too. So. No, I, I respect that greatly. I think this is an approach I've always tried to take with the stuff I make of just wanting to make what, what you want to make, you know, because mm-hmm. then you, at the end of the day, you feel more proud of it. You feel mm-hmm. like you haven't had to bend or, or cater to something else just right. to, to make something, I guess. Has, has that always I, been your approach? I wrote a song, you know, on my YouTube channel. I've got some hmm. some original songs there. And the one video that's done real well, it's got over 30,000 views, is a song about the, the Mexican wrestler El Santo. And it's in kind of Spanglish and, you know, you have the analytics there and it's, and it's all adolescent boys in Mexico who watch the thing. (laughs) That's, that's kind of fun. You know, at least I can say, Hey, I wrote a song and it's got 30,000 people watched it, watched 20 seconds of it or whatever. So, you know, (laughs) I like, I like picking kind of like, not niche interest, but something with like mm-hmm. a passionate fan base who, which right. isn't necessarily in the mainstream. I mean, we, we spoke briefly before about kind of Star Wars and we, we, and that to me, like you mentioned with fan art, it seems like a very easy target. Of, right. If I make this and post it, it's Star Wars. Star Wars fans will like it regardless of looking too much into it. Whereas mm-hmm. something a bit more niche, niche like, like Mexican wrestling, where there is a passionate fan base, but it's not worldwide. Right. I don't feel like you get that better audience interaction. I yeah. Don't know, I don't know if culture allows that now. Right. I do love Star Wars. <laughs> and I like Star Trek and I like, uh, you know, sci fi and I, I like, you know, old movies and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm all in favor of anything Star Wars. I guess that kind of goes against what I said, but man, I love, I enjoy that stuff so much, you know. I mean, I have the same. Anything Batman. Really? Anything I love Batman. Batman related. Yeah. Yeah. There's that guy here. <laughs> you see him in the background? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's Batman and Robin poster over there. So Batman 66 has kind of become something I've really, really gotten into lately. The the McFarlane Batman 66 toys. Well, I love the TV show. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm a 63-year-old granddad. So it's not like I'm not. I'm not trying to get on TikTok and get followers, right? Because I'm at a point where, you know, I'll do it. And if you like it, you like it. So that Batman 1966 Batman was my childhood. And my brother and I would jump in front of the TV set with towels around our necks and watch that thing. Underwear pulled over your, your pajama bottoms, you know? <laughs> so that's how we. <laughs> you know, it's too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, a photograph I have which I'm very dear to me of just me in a full Batman costume just as a, a child stood between my grandparents. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best vivid m- memories I have as a kid. Just Isn't that like, great? Yeah. I, I can move as far away from Batman as I want and I can look at the new stuff and go, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, it's all gritty and edgy now and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, deep in my heart, I'm like, it's Batman. I, I know it. Batman. I know it. And I had friends who said, don't watch... Batman Superman versus Batman movie because it's terrible and I was like 
what are you talking about? I like I like I like um, Man of Steel. I like Superman, Batman. I like Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like all the Marvel movies. <laughs> so I'm I'm into all that. So it has the key word in it, which yeah. is Batman. Right. <laughs> which means I'm probably <laughs> going to pay attention to it. Right. Plus, it had Wonder Woman in it too. So, and I wasn't ready for that. So, there, there's that. Friend of mine did find a um, a DVD recently in a, mm-hmm. a thrift shop, which was an animated episode of Scooby Doo and Batman. <laughs> and yeah. they, they messaged to me saying, "Should I get this?" But yes, you you need to. Buy that. <laughs> so it's a dollar fifty. <laughs> right. I got a Scooby Doo mask hanging on the wall over there. So that's all <laughs> that stuff. Has this ever like waned your interest in all of these kind of things, or has this been just constant since you were younger and through to now? Oh, yeah. I don't think I. I don't think it's ever waned. You know, I. I really started buying comic books when I was in college. I had some cousins who who always had them and stuff. I always loved superheroes. Um, when I was in college, was going on a trip to Florida with some friends for the weekend and we swung into a convenience store to get some snacks. And I said, Hey, here's Spider-Man comic book. So I grabbed it and it was a really good one to grab. It was awesome. And so I read that. And then my roommate got back to college after Christmas and, um, and I showed it to him and we just got turned on to comic books. Um, and it's been that kind of, that kind of culture ever since and i'll tell you what the the band possum kingdom ramblers that i'm in they've got me involved in toy lana which is a big toy convention in atlanta and our band plays there every year but i also have helped out some there in the past um with the people who put it on and um gotten to know a bunch of geeky cool people through that and there's there's all sorts of cool stuff happening here so um cool art and uh whatever tiki stuff you know um but there's a good bunch of toy collectors and and uh, they have swap meets and stuff like that there's the georgia alliance of star wars collectors and stuff like that so it's there's plenty to do there's always stuff to do definitely mm-hmm. I, f- I find collectors are, are very interesting characters yeah to me because they're so passionate mm-hmm. about every detail and I mean, my personality is fairly scatty to begin with, <laughs> but to be so detail orientated mm-hmm. just it, it amazes me because I'm, I'm like I meet these people and I'm just like, yeah, these you care so much about this, and it's right. it's amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you? Do you have any weird collections or th- or strange um, things? You- I don't. I don't think I have any. I, I'd say I don't have a consistent collection of anything. That's mm-hmm. usually the way it ends up being. Um, I've tried collecting things in the past. I've had, right. you know, said to myself, <laughs> "I'm going to collect this one type of thing." I think initially, you know, Batman fell into that category of "I'm going to collect Batman-related things." Um, mm-hmm. And I recently went on a trip to San Diego, and I was thinking, "Oh, well, when I travel, I should collect something from mm-hmm. wherever I go." But I have no consistent collection. Usually, it's just something catches my eye, and I think, "Yeah, you know, that, that's interesting." I've got a Batman shelf, but I've got Batman toys, and some of it is really, you know, it's really cool. But I, I will kind of collect the ones I want and say, okay, that's enough, and not have to worry about being the completest, you know. Um, and I've got like a, a bunch of vintage Star Wars stuff that I've really started collecting sort of recently, but, you know, I'm surprised to find how affordable some of it is. Uh, but I've got, I've been getting some of that, and I had 
the Mexican wrestler El Santo I talked about. El Santo and Blue Demon. I've got, I pulled some stuff. This is, these are them. These are they. This is, is El Santo. He has a silver mask and Blue Demon like that. And I've got, you know, so I found this guy. I started collecting these things and I found this guy in Mexico through Instagram and he had the most incredible collection. So I, I would, it, whenever I got like an extra, like if I did a drawing for somebody and, and I wound up with an extra hundred dollars, I'd say, what did you got for me? <laughs> Vintage stuff from Mexico. So I've got this uh, motorcycle blue demon, which is cool. And this beautiful thing here, which is a uh, astronaut El Santo, which is cool. So cool. And these are some vintage from Mexico. And I got involved with, these are DVDs of some of the movies. That's, this is the best one, El Santo versus the Vampire Women. That's El Santo, incredible. Las Mujeres Vampiro. <laughs> and they, um, this one's good because it has subtitles. <laughs> they don't all, but I've got various ones. Santo and Blue Demon versus Dracula and Wolfman. It's Santo y Blue Demon contra Dracula y el Hombre Lobo. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Uh, Wax Museum. Santo and Blue wow, this Demon. Is, this really, like universe-wise, this goes quite deep in terms of the things yeah. he's taken on. <laughs> there, there were Santo comic books and everything too. So those were, you know, and but then you, you start collecting things like that and you get to be known as the Luchador guy and then people give you, uh, people will give me the Luchador bottle openers and uh, I got a Luchador salt and pepper shaker, Luchador thumb puppets, thumb wrestling guys. <laughs> you know, people go, okay, he's a Luchador guy, let's give him something for Luchador but you wind up, but you know, that's kind of, I was collecting and I've got a big, I got a shelf packed full, but then I, you know, I'm at, unless I see something incredible, but I'm kind of at a place where I've got a good collection now. You've and enough. It'll all be worth $5. You know? <laughs> so. I was going to say like, was, is, does your, your, your interest in collecting things is interesting kind of pop culture and stuff like that. Does that extend to where you are thinking about value or is it literally just, this is something which interests me. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I've got, I collect, I buy toys to play with them. <laughs> and, and so I've got these, the Outer Space Men. I don't know if you're familiar with them. There's an interesting story there. These space toys that were made. Look at this guy here. He's like a Metaluna mutant, but he was one of them. Um, I found these guys. I don't know. I saw something online. This one's beautiful here. And it's got, it's got a uh, this helmet, but his this thing on the top turns and his he changes and has three faces. So that's pretty cool. Really? I found that and I go, when where have these toys been all my life? But what it was was the major Matt Mason toys from the '60s, space toys. They were astronaut guys, and they were bendy figures. And so these were made by Color Forms, not these, but the bendy outer space men to play the same scale with Matt, Matt Mason. Uh, in the late 60s. And then we man went to the moon. And so space had been conquered and everything had been done. There were no more space toys made until Star Wars came out. So everything kind of just went away. So people who know toys know outer space men. I didn't until several mm -hmm. years ago. But most folks don't. So that's kind of niche. <laughs> it is. But they're cool space guys. I love that. Definitely. I, it makes me kind of sad that there is, you know, series and 
IPs and and whatnot, which like that, which must have come out sixties, seventies, eighties, and all the way all the way up to the nineties now, where they just kind of came and went mm-hmm. and just kind of disappeared. I think this is a conversation I have with my brother quite a lot, where we both remember something. There'll be a TV show, a series which we watched and say, oh, we remember this. And anytime we speak to anyone else about it, they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Whereas it was so vivid because we saw it right. when we were kids. Right. And there's just a risk. Everything just disappears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know. Have you ever thought about making your own series? Um, I've developed characters here and there. Here's something cool. Well, not I don't know if it's cool or not. This is, here's a comic book that is, I did I did this, you know, one day I decided I'm going to do this comic strip, and it was a Facebook-only comic strip, and then for a year, these three panels where I had like a comic strip I, every week, I put a new one out, and it was done. I made a comic book out of it, um, and it's called Slim Thursday, because I put it out on Thursday, and it's basically the story of, of the uh, Slim Whitman, the country singer, and his cat, who decided to be an astronaut and went to space, and so it's a it's a Slim Whitman um, country music uh, space cat adventure that I wrote, and uh, it's got it's got guest stars in there like Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and weird things like that. So anyway, that's definitely cool. I can I can confirm yeah. that that is cool. <laughs> That's fun. And that's just something I did. And then I, I you know, and I, don't, I just kind of invited some people to, to like that page. And then people would say, man, comic strip, you got a comic strip. And I was like, yeah. So, so there's, so the, the 30 people who enjoyed that for a year, enjoyed it for a year, but I, it was something I said, Hey, I'll do it. So. I know for a little bit and then yeah. move on a little bit. And then the rat think stuff, I've, you know, I've drawn, I can now I'm licensed to draw rat fink, which means I can draw and sell rat fink drawings. And ask about it, that. Um, and a, a portion of that, a tenth of that goes to the Roth estate from big uh, Ed, big daddy Roth. He's gone now, but his estate, you actually, I actually deal with his widow um, and she run kind of runs all the artist things, but there's a number of artists. I don't know how many who are licensed. You kind of contact them and say, hey, I love, you know, Ratfink, and here's what my stuff looks like. And if they like it, they'll they'll prove you to do it. So um, that's what happened there. And this is a this is a Ratfink painting I did, which is a lost in space Ratfink thing. Where So he's like Will Robinson there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So anyway, I've got a bunch of Ratfink drawings and stuff. And I so I can draw them and just throw a sketch on eBay and, you know, if make a quick 50 or $60 there, or I could really get into it and try to make some money, but I haven't done that. It's still, you know, draw when I feel like what I feel like drawing. So um, I wanted to ask, like, cause obviously I'd seen that you were, you were licensed for rap think of just kind mm-hmm. of what prompted you to, to reach out to it and, and go about that. And I, I would never even think of it like, Oh, you know, you, know, you can reach out. So maybe I should, but yeah. It was a surprise to me, but, um, I, I'm, when I was a kid, we had rat fink toys and model kits. And this is, this is like the, the old classic rat fink model kit that you would buy and put together. So this is one I bought, put together and painted. And, um, and I, I gave myself one, one Christmas and I gave my brother-in-law one 
And so then I was just kind of, cause, it, cause like we remembered having the toys and the models when we were kids. And so then I was kind of digging around the rat think website. And then there's like a whole, a tab at the top that says licensing and you click on it and it says, Hey, you want to be a rat think artist, send us some information and maybe you'll be a rat think artist. So I said, well, Hey, <laughs> you know, like I love rat think, I love lowbrow art, you know, a lot of those people in the rat think community are what's called custom culture. So it's all cars and hot rods and stuff like that. And, but really I come at it from the, from the toy end of it from when I was a kid, you know, when we had those toys. Um, so that's how I said, Hey, can I be a rat think artist? And they, they, you know, I don't know, three months later, emailed me and said, Hey, be a rat think artist. So I, I made it, I made it where I would be a rat think artist, uh, an official rat think artist on my birthday that year as a birthday present to myself. So I gave myself a Christmas present of a rat think toy and, and a birthday present for being an artist. So. People not buy you presents, Jess. <laughs> That's why you, need to keep <laughs> you would think so, wouldn't you? Actually, people <laughs> buy me geeky stuff, you know, that they know I like. They buy me, they buy me Batman stuff. So <laughs> I feel like that might become a problem after a while, where you have so many interests and people just keep giving you stuff, and you're like, "Where do I, where do I put it all?" <laughs> right. It is. It is an issue. I'm not turning this camera. I mean, I think if I were to move, you'd see that this. I've got Robbie the robot, and I've got the. I got whatever Mr. T Bank back here. I was going to say but, that uh, Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's wearing a couple of things like a little crab headband thing with his head there. Um, but you know, got Iron Man. I got, I got Alf over here, and so yeah, I'm out of room for stuff to be to answer your question. I won't turn this thing around because I'm in a room out in the garage that I have my drawing table set up. It's packed with unfinished projects, materials to do, sculpting and casting and painting and musical instruments. And it's just a big mess. I got the Captain Love Handles suit hanging on the wall there. It's like I'm in the bat cave, you know, because I got <laughs> Batman has this. We have a bat suit there in a little case. I don't have a case, but he's. I've, I've got like this mannequin that hangs on a wall <laughs> and he's wearing the Captain Love Handles costume and there's the Captain Love Handles mask right here. So some co- some podcasts I've been Captain Love Handles, so I decided not to uh, to make you watch me in the Captain Love Handles suit today. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was part of me which thought, I don't know who I'm getting today. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. I'm going to be a uh, guest on, there's a, a, a YouTube show that I sometimes contribute to it's Rebe Rye. It's R E B B I E R Y E, and what it is, it's a it's this lady, and she does. It's a kids singing and art programs in the art room with Rebe Rye. So I sometimes will go on as Captain Love Handles and teach kids how to draw. The last time we did birds wearing hats or something, and this time for Christmas, I think I'm drawing. I'm showing how to draw an elf, you know, or something like that. So for a little, it's it's really juvenile for little kids, but she's a sweetheart, and so. I appreciate appreciate her having me on. So it's always worth passing on kind of creative knowledge to kids as well. I think. I, I, I mean, I I don't have kids, and I don't have um, kind of younger cousins, so I never really see what kids get entertainment wise anymore. But mm-hmm. obviously, what makes it through to mainstream culture, like I know Bluey is a big thing for a lot of people, um, right? And I watch a lot of Bob's Burgers, but that's just because I'm slightly addicted to it. Um, <laughs> but. Um, 
yeah i never really see it whereas i feel like when i was younger and, and generations were younger before me passing on creative stuff and there was a lot of creative shows there were mm -hmm. shows about how to create there were shows about how to draw like art attack and all these kinds of things and I, I i don't know if that still kind of continues now or whether that's dominated by youtube it may be i've got a a nephew my nephew's son who's eight i think and he he draws every night and he goes on these youtube show you how to draw dinosaurs he wants to draw dinosaurs all the time and he's it's pretty incredible the stuff but they do step by step how to do it and i think some of these things they have a million kids watching those things and drawing dinosaurs so and my nephew said you know you you could do that and do it teach you how to draw stuff and it could be big and it's like you know i got i'm so behind on everything <laughs> you know i've always got a project or something yeah. i could do i often say yes when i shouldn't say yes to projects and so right now it's not too bad. I've got like three things I need to do. I need, there's two album covers and, and one t-shirt design that I'm kind of need to get done. And other than that, I can just work at my pace. So. Do you find that the, your work changes when you have a deadline or your enjoyment I, of it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it, mine, I don't see that being the case. I mean, every, people, people often contact me because they like, my style or like what I do. And so I, it doesn't, I can't see that that's changed in a while either. My real, my style really, I mean, if you've noticed, I've been doing paintings lately, but that's, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a painter, but that's just kind of a fun thing. But really I love drawing ink on paper and black and white ink drawings. And so, and I, my style hasn't changed in a long time. Now the way I, way I've done it has changed when I, years ago, I kind of had a brushed style, but I did it by drawing double lines and filling in and kind of making it look brushed. And I had a, an art friend who said, yeah, we all did that. But uh, it's been, I don't know, 10 years or more that I've been working with uh, Pentel Pocket Brush, which is a brush pen, um, and found uh, I, I really love it. And it's kind of become my style. So. It hasn't really changed. Whether I do black and white or whether I do color, maybe that's the difference. But mm. sometimes I, I see it. Yeah. Sometimes I just create. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you, I did notice that your, your, your line work and style is very, it's obvious it's you when you make something. It's like, regardless of medium that you go through, I, I noticed this, like, it's very consistent that it's, it's your style. And I, I wouldn't see anyone else doing it. Which I kind of love because you you like you say you explore, you're exploring painting and you're exploring different things. I'm like, yeah, but it was this is definitely yeah. coming from you, <laughs> right? And this you know these are one of my sketchbooks here, and so they have kind of have the ink style. This is there's Sasparilla, the singing gorilla. There he plays a bass, and so he's writing. So that's kind of a Jack Kirby looking thing, but still with my brush style, um, you know. And I was just I use my sketchbook to try and. Um, explore things like here i was trying to see if i could use the brush style like that like the pen style to um to do the the northern lights like that and i think it turned out kind of cool i was doing it i was doing that for something i was going to need them for and these these flower horse characters that i kind of like a lot so anyway this is there's this, so much depth to your characters like <laughs> 
There's, well, I've got some that have no depth. This is this guy here. Look at that. That guy's name. I got him. Like this, instantly a backstory. <laughs> he's his name is Snanky, and he's a, he's a like a half snake, half monkey. So <laughs> that's all it is. And I made it like an Olin Mills photograph. So, uh, but I've I've done some drawings like of Snanky, and just like here's another drawing of Snanky. I don't know why I keep drawing Snanky. This is one I like. This is um. I was riding home from work and listening to classical music and in the hall of the mountain King happened to be on. So I kind of hadn't had the idea of in the hall of the mountain oyster King, you know what mountain oysters, they're actually bull testicles that people eat. And so (laughs) this is the hall of the mountain oyster King and it's a a bull testicle King. And that's kind of what they look at, look like. And he's saying balling. So anyway, uh, weird stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's 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 a lot of depth, even when it's just like a simple, I don't know, simple premise, right? That you might you manage to put some some I don't know character level to it. It's not like when someone just says, "Oh, I'm going to draw a horse," mm-hmm. so they draw a horse and it looks like a horse. To be able to just give something a personality is is I feel like I don't know, it's rarer now. Because okay. a lot of people go for so, so very specific realism or style, and it loses some personality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a couple of uh, gallery showings of my drawings so, a few years back. That was really gratifying for people who came out and, and enjoyed and you know bought some little stuff here and there, and it was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I also had. I'm, this is something, this is another, uh, passion kind of, you know, there's, there's some things that always keep popping back up in my drawings. And mm-hmm. sometimes the characters are created. It's always going to be Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla <laughs> for some reason. And future folk is another thing. Please tell me you're familiar with the event, with, uh, the history of future folk. I have seen the film. Future have folk, you yeah. really? I Did have, you know? Yeah. This is the, I also, I illustrated the official Future Folk coloring book. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> which you can get on, uh, which you can get on Amazon. And so it's got, you know, stuff like this, Future Folk drawings that you can color. I saw the photo of you in the hat and I just assumed you were a fan of it. Got a connected <laughs> Some of these, some of the drawings are references to their songs because they have a couple mm-hmm. albums. Some are from the movie and like here's mighty kevin returning to hondo to bring music back to the masses there in hondo and so anyway i've kind of become a um an honorary hondonian so <laughs> i've gotten i've gotten to know a little bit gotten to know both those guys yeah i have my uh hondonian helmet back there in the back I, it's probably not even yeah there we go right there <laughs> so if you and, and now it used to be i found it on netflix the movie and then it was gone from netflix and then it was back and now it's gone but i think some sort of licensing has run out so now you can see the whole thing on youtube so it, it's the future folk youtube channel and you can go watch the movie there same, same. you you have there's so much you just do <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just so much. <laughs> Sometimes it is so much. Is that like an issue of I don't know? Do you do you 
Do you ever find yourself fighting yourself in terms of what you want to do next? I don't. I, I find myself, I find myself finishing something sometimes and sitting around waiting for an idea and not worrying about it because I can always watch um, football or baseball or something like that. You know, but I, I don't. I don't find myself. I'm not wringing my hands over what am I going to do next. And one thing the sketchbooks have done is I'll just sometimes I'll start drawing with no idea what I'm going to what the drawing's going to be. Yeah. And a few times, like those, those those horses that had flowers for heads, you know, I end up being something I really like and want to explore more and stuff. But um, sometimes if I'm dry, I'll just pull out a sketchbook, make a couple lines and go from there. Draw, draw a robot because I like drawing robots. And then I, I'll draw, a, you know, a frog in that drawing or whatever and wind up with some, some new friends. How about that? <laughs> You can always draw new friends. Yeah, <laughs> I said that to some people I work with, and they were—they seemed a little concerned. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, when I was—I was still buying comic books, and then I, you know, I hit like fifty, and I was like, "Now oh, fifty, and you know, I'm gonna have to chill out on the comic book buying and stuff, you know." But I still enjoy them. Um, you know, if Mike Allred does something, I'm gonna buy his work, or there's some artist because I just love their art. And so I had pretty much quit. And then when Mike already started drawing Silver Surfer, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick this up. And it was kind of like Dr. Who, cause he kind of had a companion and it was a, it was a pretty cool run actually. Plus his art's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think, I, I think that's a, I don't know if that's a thing which comes with age that you, you kind of suddenly stop yourself from buying things and start to try mm-hmm. to try to take some time and, and you know, read the stuff you have so to speak right or 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 think or now think you know who's going to be stuck with all this crap you know one day and and they don't for one thing they don't know what it is and they won't know how to get rid of so i'm i give away a ton of art to people who i think might enjoy it so i would love for my survivors to have a box at my funeral of all this art and pens and magnets and things I've done and say free take one or free take 10 because there's a crap load of it so <laughs> anyway I think I'm kind of going the other direction where I'm I'm very much along the lines of I need to accumulate things which would confuse people <laughs> trying to clear my estate when they find I have no problem with that like why does he own this <laughs> no problem there what was I? I was digging, but I I got rid of a bed not too long ago, right. and by, and underneath was all this was some things I never. I don't even remember this, and this is it right here. I mean, this is like an old, um, Marks Spider Man toy. I mean, even when I was in college, there wasn't Spider Man stuff you could buy in the store like you can now. There was like the little parachute Spider Man guy. I got a couple of Spider-Man gumball machines that are from the, the early 80s or whatever. But, I mean, it wasn't like going to Target now and walking down that that um, that aisle where they have all the action figures. And it wasn't until the, uh, the Secret Wars miniseries when Marvel really came out with some quality action figures, you know. And those are great action figures. I sold a bunch of them and did okay and did real well. Um, but my son who's grown, who has children, 
he actually sent me a text or said some, said to me a year or two ago how much he appreciated that we were cracking open some of those toys and, and we were playing with them together, you know? So yeah, some of those toys we could have sold, but have, I took some of those star Wars figures that we like so much, open them up. And he had a Megatron, which was a, a transformers. It was made into a tank and it had projectiles and we'd line the action figures up and mow them down with the tank. And, you know, and he, he just said, that was a cool thing. You know, those action figures, I know you liked them, but to open them up and, and, you know, let a four-year-old play with them. You know, that was a cool thing. I mean, and, what uh, they're made for. Like, mm-hmm, exactly. There's a our local, one of our local rock bands here, Driving and Crying, has a song, The Toy Never Played With is Not a Toy at All. And that's kind of, I agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It's, I always find it interesting meeting people like yourself who have such a kind of a huge interest and investment in, you know, toys and, and and comics and all these extra things which obviously kids love mm-hmm. so it's e- fairly easy for you to pass on that stuff knowledge wise and say hey we right. can play with this and we can do this whereas from kind of my background my parents were never really interested in it but there was these like little pocket moments of my childhood where they 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 understood the culture and they understood what was going on and they got us something and then it it made it so special mm-hmm. that we'd received it um and when when i meet people from i think it's the same with music as well where you have similar music interest to your parents it it's it's a great connection to have like right yeah. i think so and my son when he was a teenager he really loved punk music and i really love punk. i like punk and grunge and so like one day one night he came to me and and he had i think he had watched some show or listened to a podcast and it was henry rollins and henry rollins had said that um dinosaur jr was one of his favorite bands and so my son says don't you have a couple dinosaur jr albums i said as a matter of fact i do so we you know to know that he loves who's do and he loves dinosaur jr and whatever asian orange or you know there are some all that those old uh sub pop and those those bands the sst bands i love those guys you know nirvana was on sub pop um, they, they weren't an underground band of the nineties because they went major labels so early on in their career, but there were other bands like Flipper. They're just, are you familiar with Flipper? I mean, it, it's, it's so, so bad. It's awesome. I mean, I love it. So anyway, I, I love that stuff. It's interesting as well. Like those kinds of genres and the, the, the type of like lowbrow, uh, it stayed so consistent. I mm-hmm. think within you know decades of have been removed from kind of that time when it like emerged, mm-hmm. and now it's it's everyone you meet from that like I could I could meet anyone from that kind of musical background and I'd say something about you know lowbrow art and they've heard of it they know of mm-hmm. it and then that would easily in, lead into a conversation about collectibles or pop culture or whatnot and I right. think it's interesting to see how that that vein of creativity just kind of continues. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it, like a lot of other ones kind of daffed out, like Disco or whatever. Whereas right. This one just keeps going. Yeah. Ricky and Bambi, who are in the band with me, they have, they're in a bunch of different bands. And so they're in this 90s cover band. And so I was telling Ricky, I said, I like, you know, if I'm going to go see a 90s cover band. I want to hear Naked Ray Gun and Mission of Burma, you know? And he was like, yeah, but, but nobody's going to pay us to come play Mission of Burma, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because nobody's going to know what it is, you know? But, I would enjoy it. 
Pokemon joke. And that's, yeah. that's the joy of it. Again, like, yeah. as we kind of say, I think one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you is just because you seem to just get such enjoyment out of things. I'd say that's true. <laughs> Good. Do you, do you interview a lot of people who just who just hate everything? <laughs> you try yeah. not to. Have you? <laughs> I, yeah, we know those people, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I. If I, I mean, that's what I do. Is it? I I do things that I enjoy. So. And if I put them out there, I'm saying, hey, I thought this was good enough for you to see. So I hope you like it. Now, sometimes I'll say, I know it's not good enough for you to see, but still, it's weird enough. Maybe you'll like it. So I mean, some, not everything's a winner. No, but, you know, I think I think kind of like you were saying earlier with toys are meant to be played with. Mm-hmm. I just think one of the, the things I try to remind myself of is um, this idea that the work you make is meant to be seen. Yeah, you know, if you draw something, and even if you're not 100 percent happy of it, it's meant to be seen. You you made it initially for a purpose, so mm-hmm. people should see it, and they may think more of it than you do. And you right, can't really control that. Right, there's be. a there's a, a girl I know who's a who's a fantastic artist, and she draws so much, and but you know, I, and but she doesn't put much of it out there. So when I see her, she's always got her sketchbook, and so I'm like, show me what you've done. You know, so I can marvel at it. But we gotta invest ourselves in other people and mm-hmm. what they're doing from time to time. You know, you never know where right. you'll find. Right. That's a good message. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I don't know. I, I don't know what your plans are future wise because you have so many projects on the go. But and because I'm both thinking, oh, <laughs> but um. I don't know what my plans are future-wise either. And I mean, I don't know where I'm going to go with, with art, to tell you that. Um, you know, I don't know how much I'll do Red Fink, and I don't know how much I'll do... Gosh, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't plan to, put my, to tell people I'm a great painter or anything, but I don't plan not to paint a picture, you know. Is there anything you want to try that you've yet to try? Um... You know, I've always wanted to do like the woodcut stuff, prints and stuff. But gosh, you know, there's a whole nother setup full of stuff. I'd have to, you know, I've got some stuff to do that, but I, I haven't done it. As I don't know, I, I'm doing, you know, anything that pops in my head, I'll do it. So I don't think I'll, I don't think there's anything I really regret not having done yet. That's a good way to live life. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. Right. right. I think we're at a good point to kind of round this out. I do have a couple more questions for you. Okay. Just to finish it off, unless you have any questions for me, of course. No, I'll try not to talk too much. I'll listen to what you, I'll I'll, I'll try to answer your questions. (laughs) Okay. So I've been, I mean, this will be one of the first episodes of next year. Okay. So usually I end it with one question, which I'll I'll ask at the end, but I've added another question because I I thought this might be a good way to end it. I wanted to ask if, from what you do now, mm-hmm. was this what you wanted to do when you were a kid? Um, well, yeah, I think so. And I think, yes, it is. You know, I wanted to be where I am, be, you know, have a family. And a lot of people, a lot of people hate their families. I've got a, I've got a family. And I love them all. <laughs> and we all love each other. And I've got, um, you know, 
the work I do, I enjoy the art. I do. I enjoy the music. I do, you know, I don't do music that I don't enjoy. And so I don't know. I don't know that I, I sat down and laid out a plan at any point in my life, but I, I can't say no. I can't say it's not. <laughs> no official plan, but it, it came out in the end. Nice. I think I'll, I think I'll, I think people, I think I'll be satisfied. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And my final question is just very simply, who should I speak to next? Okay. You recommended to me. So I, I'm, I, I'm willing to go and chat to whoever next. So. Okay. I, if you haven't spoken with Dennis Ball, he would be a great one. He's a talking tennis ball. <laughs> and, um, but, and he has a show. It was like the Dennis Ball show, dad joke game show, and it's turned into Dennis Ball um, rock docs. And so it's more about music and rock and stuff. He's real knowledgeable about a lot of things. And, and he's also, I've been on his show a few times. Originally, when we were on the show, he was like a tennis ball with a hand that was making him talk. <laughs> but now he's, He's a little more high tech than that now, but I, I would say the next person he's super interesting would be Dennis Ball, and I can send you his email address. Fantastic! I will happily reach out to to mm. to find more people like yourself. There you go. But that's what I want to want to do with this this year is just you know explore more and more people. So great. That's all we can do. But it's been lovely to speak to you, Jess. It's been wonderful. Um, been too strenuous. No, it hasn't been strenuous at all. It's been very enjoyable. Um, maybe, maybe people, maybe there'll be some people who understand your accent, and some that will understand mine, and they'll, and and, uh, and they can somewhere in the middle and communicate <laughs> and say this is what he was saying. So, I've been told. I don't think it's true. I've been told I have something of a southern accent. So, <laughs> a little, like a little, a little of a southern accent. I mean, yes, I, I could have tried. Like I live on the east coast of the U.S. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that sounds perfect all right well um, i shall leave links for people to find you it's okay let's speak to you jess and we, the, there's nothing else to say we shall call it that that'll be fine it's been wonderful talking to you you too all right let's all right close it there